From the pinnacle of the media landscape, this is Market Edge. Join your host, Larry Weber, as he discovers the answers from analysts, entrepreneurs, and technologists who are preparing the blueprints for the future of marketing. Hear from those who are taking us to a new age of social media, e-communities, and the blogosphere. blogosphere. Now, please welcome your host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, chairman of W2 Group, a global marketing services ecosystem organized to help CMOs in their new role as builders of communities and content aggregators. Today I'll be talking about the future of Internet media marketing and venture capital with David Karlick, a managing director at one of our foremost and most respected venture capital firms in the country, Vantage Point Venture Partners. It has $4 billion under management, and David has been with Vantage Point since 1998, focusing on Internet media and marketing. He currently serves as a director on Vantage Point portfolio companies, Daytran Media, Grocery Shopping Network, Multiply, Reach Local, RevCube, and Zvents. Before joining Vantage Point, Dave founded his own Silicon Valley ad agency, which was acquired by Poppy Tyson in 1993. He was also an early co-founder of DoubleClick, which IPO'd in 1998. And he was a founding director of International Network Services, which was acquired by Lucent in 1999, and a director of Ask Jeeves from 2001 through its sale to Interactive Corp. in 2006. Welcome to Market Edge, Dave. Hey, thank you. Dave, first question, just for our, our you know, listeners, the whole marketing technology segment seems to be on fire, and it also, though, seems to be very confusing. Could you at least give us sort of an eagle's eye view of what you see as the current most important transitions happening in the marketing technology landscape? You know, it's interesting. The uh, I've been in the technology marketing part of this uh, in, in many ways since uh, the 80s when I helped use technology to launch technology-based companies. Uh, our, my ad agency focused mainly on Silicon Valley venture-backed startups. And then the early 90s when we were active in the business. And, and you know, even in the, gosh, is it 15, 14 years now since the introduction of ad networks and so forth, uh, it seems like we're just getting started, oddly enough, as opposed to maturing, we're actually even more chaotic. And I describe chaos as as the presence of, you know, uh, many, many, many innovative pieces out there competing for our attention. So the uh, I think that the challenge that faces us as we learn to deal, and I view technology marketing in this light, you know, there's a lot of technologies that are in marketing, Donovan systems for media buying and so forth, but I view the issue of technical technology marketing as being the, the main issue, being dealing with the consumer or the business buyer who likes to deal with the world through their electronic devices, be it their handheld or their phone or their computers. And, um, and uh, that kind of marketing is um, dominating attention. It's, uh, it's dominating attention as you know, the statistics persist that people spend, and especially young people, spend more time in front of these things uh, than they do in front of traditional media or at least timeshare their traditional media with them. And, and the, the dollars allocated to the, to the consumer's time are not 
manifest properly. It's uh, the equation is unequal, and the dollars are trying to find their way into what consumers are doing. And to do that, um, we just can't transport our 15-second spots over to the online marketplace. Um, so the the things that have to happen, the trends that have to happen to me are that um, just as a computer is a uh, functional aggregation of many sophisticated subsystems, uh, this online media and marketing industry is going to have to coalesce somewhat so it's going to be easier to use. Uh, the early computer days were dominated by people who were, you know, almost as happy with a soldering gun as with a computer, but of course it didn't mature until um, the uh, computer was a user-friendly device and the, you know, the apogee of that is what uh, has happened with the Macintosh and with the uh, iPod music systems and with the iPhone. And similarly, I, I think that the online media and marketing business is in some ways in the solder stage. You know, it, it takes uh, much more of a technologist to, to glue all the pieces together than might be appropriate for the industry's long-term health. But I think that will take care of itself. Um, go ahead. I could, yeah, go on, David. Um, the, um, the other piece that has to be that, – that has to – happen here is that marketers are still really early in the learning curve of figuring out how much the tables have turned with interactive media versus passive media, how much the tables have turned where users own their own content, where users are as much a voice of the brand as the brand is itself, where you know even the word of mouth was documented by the car companies. 50 years ago as being the preeminent driver in their sales. A, a, a good customer sold three cars and a bad customer unsold ten. Uh, today, this whole word-of-mouth business has gotten to be much more important than ever. The most trusted online source of information is your friend or an anonymous person who you perceive to be a straightforward consumer as opposed to the marketer themselves. And then we have the enormous fragmentation. The, the, the beauty of one-to-one -one marketing is that theoretically you, know, you can speak individually to someone or, you know, and target them in an individual way, but the, the sheer weight of crafting your message for each person is, you know, goes up against the idea of automation. And so the, 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 the opportunity that we face to be able to talk to smaller and smaller niches is, is a bounded on the other side by the inability of the marketing people to come to grips with the labor and the costs involved of, of uh, gearing down from mass media to a much more hand-to-hand -hand combat approach. I couldn't agree with you more. I've told the listeners about my frustration uh, recently, you know, now and then as a part of my, my, uh, my old-fashioned upbringing is I like to watch a clip or two from the Today Show. And so I go to MSNBC, David, and I click on the one I want to watch. And not only do they make me watch a pre-roll, so there's a 15 or 30-second spot I have to watch to get to my video. And I'm one, I was surprised that some kid from MIT or Stanford hadn't figured that out yet uh, to get rid of that. But secondly, I thought behavioral targeting was really starting to mature, and they're showing me on my computer, a middle-aged uh, white guy, they're showing me uh, new Dove shaving cream for women. I mean, comment. <laughs> Well, a couple things. I've been an admirer of the technologies like VideoEgg, which I think, I don't know if you've observed these, yeah. but 
they have found a way to um, to correlate video advertising with videos in such that it's more interactive. The user's in control, and they put hints up about about what you might want to watch. Uh, and I think that that'll be solved. I think the pre-roll is 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 the is the media industry um, trying to you know uh, pave the cow paths. And the cow path is the online media, and they want to pave it with television. Um, and, and, and there's just a whole generation of people who want the TV world to live on and, and just don't want to deal with the interactive one. And so they're going to try and stick 15s in. Yeah. As far as the behavioral thing goes, shoot, you just said middle-aged white guy. That's demographic. You know, behavioral could very well be that you are actually interested in a better shaving product. And, in fact, I don't know, you know, uh, for years I found that the, the – uh, the, for example, the blades and the handles that are made for women to shave with are, are easier for a guy to hold and easier to use. And many products that are theoretically made for women are much more useful for men. And so, you know, if I'm going to shave, you know, I would certainly strongly consider uh, a, a cream that was made for the tender parts of a woman. I figure that's, they're, they're more tender than my face, and I want the tenderest thing possible, so there you go. All right. Well, I'll give you that one. But uh, let's go a little deeper. Have you guys invested in any behavioral uh, targeting or marketing or analytic companies. I know most of my listeners have heard of Dakota and Revenue Science. Is there a next generation of that sort of you know high-end behavioral targeting happening? Well, we have uh, a company RevCube that has been trying to solve this problem. It's a very complicated problem to solve, and uh, and that involves the uh, automated placement of. Uh, Ads based on what how people act and and the business of trying to group them into how they act, but uh, that is just one segment of our stuff. Our other our other uh, 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 investment that is a little bit more behaviorally oriented, interestingly enough, is is uh, and one of our newest ones is Grocery Shopping Network, which is in Minneapolis. And uh, Grocery Shopping Network powers grocery store websites with a user-friendly feature that enables the consumer to use their computer to plan their trip to the store. It, you know, it's like planning your stuff that you'd get delivered, except you take the shopping list to the store. It has your coupons. It has all the discounts. It has all your savings. It has the store items in aisle order, and it targets the consumer based on what's in their pantry because the system talks to the point-of-sale system at the grocer. Cool. So it is a behavioral targeting in that your behavior of what you have bought, you know, qualifies you to get information. If you're a vegetarian, you never see a pork offer, or for that matter, a you know, a, a person of the of a religious faith that prescribes pork, so on and so forth. That's cool. Hey, shifting gears a little bit, how about mobile? Everybody's talking about mobile, the mobile device, mobile ad networks. Where are you coming out on when is mobile going to be a little less chaotic as we approach it from a marketing perspective? Boy, I have really struggled with mobile. You know, it's not clear to me that that the privacy of text can be invaded with ads or should be. Yeah, uh, it's not clear to me that the phone is a very good place to interrupt people. Now that being said, the free 411 folks have made great inroads because they've shown that people are, you know, quite happy for a dollar's worth of of uh, foregone uh, 411 charges to listen to an ad, and the more targeted, the merrier. Yeah, and uh, I think that Larry the. The iPhone is showing us that people will be doing more 
graphical things on the phone. And the instant you have people doing more graphical things on the phone with higher speed connections, that opens the phone up to a, you know, this is heresy, but uh, it opens the phone up to being more like a computer. Uh, People will be able to search on it, and that leads you to targeted results and targeted marketing. And so the whole geolocated search area is getting to be, and geolocated content area is getting very hot around the mobile area. But to me, the the advertising models on it are are hard to figure out. I, I personally, uh, I'm uncomfortable with them. How come we haven't had? I mean, you have. Uh, we're one of the early people in the ad network business. Uh, how come we don't haven't seen a, a dominant mobile ad network appear like DoubleClick or, you know, um, Atlas? Well, I think you know DoubleClick was able to get to early dominance because their first uh, customer had something like sixty percent of the advertising traffic on the <laughs> internet, which was Netscape and Yahoo that hung off of it, <laughs> it was, uh, and then Excite and others. So uh, you know it, it was just a first mover advantage kind of a deal. Now there's a hundred ad networks. Uh, obviously, the most dominant are the is Google uh, of all things, which is only a ten year old company as opposed to the eighteen year olds out there on the block. So I suppose something will emerge, but, you know, it's not clear to me that you need to have a dominant network. Yeah. I mean, you know, people have figured out how to buy from multiple networks, and networks have figured out how to interconnect so that uh, what one network can't sell, the ne- next network can pick up. Is that why we're seeing such the plethora now of, of web-based ad networks? I mean, we're seeing vertical networks. We're seeing you know, highly micro-segmented networks, and they're all networking and working together. That's your observation? I think so. I think that the, the, you know, the segmentation obviously is a way to try and create behavioral targeting yeah. in that uh, somebody who is selling um, uh, an automotive product would like to reach somebody in a, in a vertical segment that's about automotive. The behavioral targeting says that, okay, but maybe we know from behavior that someone is interested in an automotive product, and uh, that, would, that targeting would be useful to them in a site that couldn't otherwise be targeted, and that's the, the real puzzle. It's, I don't think there's any real rocket science to aggregating people into verticals. So we, you know, marketers are used to verticals. The rocket science is what to do with the ad dollar as people spin through the, the unkempt sometimes unsavory, very personal pages of the user-generated content as opposed to the, you know, increasingly a minority of content, which is is the so-called professional content. Well, to that point, how does a Facebook monetize? The second intrusion happens, they, they their, their uh, members say, get out of here. So how do they monetize, David? You know, we have a company, Multiply, that is an anti-social network, and, and, and I call it anti-social because Multiply, which is, I think, the third <laughs> or fourth largest independent, is, is anti-social because it's a, more of a private network for family and friends as opposed to a public-facing one where you get as many people to see you as you, as you can. But it's the same problem in both of them. And I think it's the most beautiful problem in the world to solve. I'm looking forward to seeing it solved. I think that there's a few things that will go with it. I think the banner is, 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 uh, is so largely um, ignored by viewers like they used to tape over the bottom of a prodigy screen right. uh, that it's, it's, you know, it's no wonder that the click-through rates are low. A second thing is that I think that uh, the 
the social networking areas are going to be areas where um, messages that you remember are going to be more useful than messages that you have to act on. When you're in a search engine and you've asked for something and you get a response of possible merchants or information and you're clicking, you're acting. And so that's a natural behavior. When you're interacting with friends or looking at what uh, your your friend has Twittered that they're going to buy or... And so forth. It's not a, a, a very good time to go off and look at the specs of the latest Ford Focus, you know, and read about their MP3 thing. Even though the Ford Focus, with all its MP3 and edgy hookups, may be very interesting stuff. So I think it's going to be, interestingly enough, an awareness media. And mind you, I'm a click guy from the beginning. Yeah. And the last one is, I think actually the marketer is going to have to engage the content creator as a sponsor. In other words. I think that uh, it's going to be more important to uh, get the person who is writing about their content to to approve or endorse the advertisements that appear there uh, than it is going to be to try and have a brute force selection process, or at least that's one possibility. But it remains to be seen. Everybody is comfortable, has been comfortable with the idea that this stuff gets paid for. We're going to take a short commercial break right now. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with David Carlick and more of this fascinating conversation. Market Edge will continue in just a moment. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting at a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah, GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998 and formerly known as Joe Bucks, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. It's time to do your thing, affiliate thing. Hey, this is Sean Collins from WebmasterRadio.fm. And, um, and I'm... Oh, do I, I not get to say who I am? Is it your show now? I flip my line, but... Just because you're the righteous host, and I'm just the and? 
<laughs> go on, go on, go on. I'll just sit back, let you take over. Go ahead. I'm going to just sit here in the pod cave and you okay, let me know if you Sean need Collins me. and Lisa. <laughs> Affiliate thing. Dig it. My broadcast Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Find Webmaster Radio now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Add us today from the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Want a hot pod? Load it with WebmasterRadio.fm and play with us all day long. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. From the pinnacle of the marketing landscape, we now return to Market Edge. Once again, here's your host, Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Dave Carlick, a veteran of Internet uh, marketing all the way back to double-click and before, and is now uh, currently one of our most uh, uh, professional and well-known venture capitalists at a firm that everybody knows, Vantage Point Venture, and is really focusing on marketing technologies and the future of marketing. I got an old question for you, Dave. What's going to happen to ad agencies? <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen to ad agencies. The uh... Do you think that uh, they'll figure this out? I have long believed, Larry, that that the uh, above the line and the below the line will switch sometime in the next decade or two. Yeah. And so the above the line is the traditional media where, you know, sort of dominated by television, where the real was what got the agency the new business and the dollars were best spent and the glory was there and everybody is still living off of the faded memories of the day when there were three channels, nobody could get up because there was no remote control. It was all new, and when you saw it on TV, you bought it. And uh, that is so long gone, and the generation is so far changed, but you know the, 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 the bones and uh, ancestry of the agency business seem to have you know big pieces of that in it. I was fascinated to see... Uh, Goodby Berlin Silverstein, one of them, I believe it was uh, uh, Silverstein, was a Luddite, refused to even answer his own email, and apparently uh, a couple or three years ago saw the light and has transformed the agency into a digital agency. And they were uh, you know, probably, arguably, one of the better branding shops around with the whole right. Got Milk business. And so seeing that is encouraging, and I see Martin Sorrell out on the road speaking at the interactive shows. I think David Ogilvy would have been all over this and sooner, and I think Ogilvy One has done you know, a terrific job of this. Um, but I think that the real issue is going to be that they're going to have to renegotiate the fee structure. Yeah. And I think they're going to have to reappreciate the closeness of the interaction. So instead of the above-the-line world where you have focus groups and go figure things out and then you make your TV spot and then you hand over your positioning to the online guys and say, here's your creative materials, go do, I think that the world is going to invert. Tom Bedicari was telling me that this is starting to happen for him over at AKQA, which is that the marketers who see that the interactive campaigns and the interactive sites are getting closer contact with the consumer and the videos that they're seeing are moving the consumer are saying, well, heck, can't you help us take this message over to TV as opposed to the other way around? So if you take the bottom line or the below the line the Internet stuff and put it above the line as the tactics of who responds to what in real time drive the strategy as opposed to the other way around, I think the agencies have a chance. Yeah, so do I. I also think if they start to move more sensitively 
to the momentous um, uh, you know, movement of social media and, and understand that they can't intrude, but there is a way to work with it that they'll have much more success. Yeah, you know, the uh, if I have one more time, see, you know, this new campaign is exciting. It cuts through the clutter and it establishes an emotional bond with the consumer. I think I'm just going to have to fall over from rhetoric. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think that the, every time we try to cut through the clutter, we create more clutter. So it's uh, like trying to save the forest by cutting down all the trees. Speaking of clutter, I mean, I'm just blown away. I was reading an ad age that they're they're looking like it's going to have a hundred and seventy billion dollar television advertising year, of which the best and even a conservative guess is a third of it is DVR'd or TiVo'd. So you're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty five billion dollars that isn't even getting anywhere what's with the psychology is it still just that dinosaur mentality dave well you know david smith who's a, a longtime prognosticator in the business is of the belief that the more network shrinks it's still got the biggest reach and the advertiser still wants to get big time reach and yeah. uh, so they're bidding up the big time reach and because and, and and until the advertiser is compensated, in particular the agencies or the media guys are compensated to do the work to get the little reach, they're going to go for the big reach. And so it's you know it's the law of unintended consequences. Yeah, you know on the on the other side, you take uh, you talked about WPP, who actually I do think is at least doing some innovative and trying to do some uh, investing as well. Uh, you know, if you took the market caps of the top five holding companies of ad agencies and below-the-line services, it wouldn't even dent Google's market cap. So you got to ask a 10-year-old company that's never spent a dime on advertising, is Fortune Magazine's most popular brand, uh, again, in 10 years, uh, more known than Coke, according to them. What is the future of Google? What's the future of search, especially in in light of maybe some new ideas like Doppler or social search or other things. Does Google dominate for the next 10 years and goes into a cycle like Microsoft that then just tries to hold on? What Where's, where's Google going? You know, that's a, you know, a subject of great fascination. The uh, I have been on record as saying that the you know, most interesting thing about the new pace of change is that it's even accelerated the pace of ossification. Uh-huh. And that companies now can get old faster than they ever got old before. Yeah. And uh, so it, I, I watch with interest to see if Google, which, you know, has had their three colossal, colossal, you know, breakthroughs, which is the improved search algorithm to organize the information and to uh, rank it for relevancy, and the second one was the, the the trumping of overture with their with their keyword buying that worked on effective CPM and delivers such better value that even Yahoo, who bought overture, has to consider it. And the third being the AdSense, which is the do-it-yourself, you know, contextual. Which and contextual is a way of going at behavioral. If you're reading about cars, you must be looking for cars. Yep. Their contextual monetization. Uh, will they be able to do the next big thing? Will they will they figure out how to do the social monetization? Will they figure out how to go into the brand marketing, which doesn't have the pure click, or will it be somebody else? And 
and in classic Silicon Valley land, will let somebody else emerge like a Google, or will they be you know subsumed by a Google or by a Yahoo or by a Microsoft? I am utterly fascinated by this company. I'm utterly fascinated. Uh, it's no surprise to me that they are. They built the world's best-known brand without any advertising, <laughs> and they are an advertising revenue company. I love the irony of that. Yeah. You know, I was in uh, Africa recently, and these kids don't even speak English. We were doing some community service, and they saw a computer, and guess what they said? Google. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. wonderful. You know, that's just so. wonderful. But I, I just I have to say that when you see something like that happen, it's just it's it's grand. It is, you know, it actually things like that have happened before, but they disappear into our memories. Yeah. Digital Equipment Corporation at one point, um, which was backed by a venture capitalist from France of all places, uh, was at one point growing at. Uh, 300 or 400 percent a year had 90 percent gross margins had a backlog of, of 18 months for their vax computers uh, yep. it was you know a, a complete sensation in the world Apple had a heyday that more or less opened up the whole era of personal computing and 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 created a time that you know it seemed unstoppable and the world was moving around it uh, Microsoft, of course, and Dell have had their periods uh, where they emerged after everyone thought the dust had settled on the personal computer business and, and created, you know, enormous change and and uh, convenience and wealth. And and now, you know, the internet was born with Netscape and Yahoo. And then after we think that the search is over and it's all about portals, here comes Google and says, "No, it's search." And they were right. Uh, I I I'm. I'm I'm so happy to be in this business where things like this happen. Who's the next one? You have to put on your a little bit of your your futurist hat. You know, is there so, even if it's a category, Dave? You know, is there you know, and there always is that next digital equipment, Apple, Google. If it's not a company, a category. Give us some of your your best futurism here. Well, the. Um... The area that I think is bubbling like a cauldron and is going to pop a whole lot of new stuff is local. Everything about local. And so, you know, we have uh, two fascinating companies in the area. One of them is Reach Local, which is a online agency, you know, that for the small business that has 12,000 campaigns running in, 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 you know, uh, actively right now and is growing rapidly and is, is getting the small business more profitable by getting them on the Internet and getting customers in. Your garage door opener companies and your laser hair removal and your auto glass repair and your car dealers and your lawyers and your uh, tanning salons and the, the stuff that, you know, is the heartbeat of American enterprise is, of course, the small business. There's more jobs created in those than in large ones. And so they're translating this Internet stuff into real, you know, uh, phone calls and feed in the door of small business. And we've got a Zvents, which is a San Mateo company that is a specialized search that gathers up all the local events, the things to do, the places to go, the things to see, so that they show up when you look for them which is no small task. And all this is feeding into, you know, the ability for people to not just connect with Ford Motor Company online, but to, to you know, be able to make their daily regular, where do I go, what do I do tonight, what do I eat, how do I get my plumbing fixed uh, stuff happen 
you know, immediately on their phone or on their computer or on their nav system in their car, which, or, you know, or their pocket handheld nav system or the nav system that's on their phone. So the crunching, the, the big mashup of mapping and the merchants and the opportunities and the sales and the things to do and the payment in that marketplace, uh, to me, is, is it, you know, while it may be just an evolution, you know, you got to consider that Microsoft and Dell, in a sense, were evolutions out of the personal computing revolution, but they defined the business for quite some time. I think local is going to be uh, the area to watch. I agree. I think it's a fascinating area. Hey, I always ask my last question to my guest is 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 just a very straightforward. Uh, you know, do you have any one or two favorite sites that maybe the audience hasn't been doing it? It doesn't have to have anything to do with your business, Dave. You know, just is there something interesting? You know, that you've seen you want to share that uh, you think uh, the listeners would be interested in checking out online. You know, I'm going to be utterly boring here, um, but I have found uh, once on a trip when I couldn't get my newspapers that I finally converted to online. And uh, I've got to admit that the New York Times is doing a bang-up job of putting up the news, and uh, and I just personally deeply enjoy the thing. They do two things on it that I adore, and the third one I expect any time now. Um, you know, the most read and the most blogged, of course, is is a must-do category, and then I think eventually they'll have a most liked by people like you, whatever that turns out to be, where they'll they'll uh, do a little bit of the Amazonian uh, people like you like this sort right. of bit and help me see that. But in the meantime, uh, you know, it's, it, is, it is among the welter of, of bits and bytes and, and personal expressions, I still find that that, uh, that bastion of journalism is hanging in there. David Karlick, a Internet marketing pioneer and now famous venture capitalist at Vantage Point Partners. Thanks for being with us on Market Edge. Thank you, Larry. And thank you, everyone. Please be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern in the U.S. at webmasterradio.fm for another edition of Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. See you then. <laughs>